0: Amen. All right. Well, how many guys have ever run across something strange in life? You know what I'm saying, Bobby? Okay, I want to ask what that is because you are a little too eager. That scares me. Okay, but basically, something strange, something that shouldn't have been there, something that was totally weird. Okay, you ever run across stuff like that? Yeah, in our society it happens all the time. Okay, kind of like these pictures. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, these kind of pictures, but let's take a look here. Uh, something out of place. I don't know if you can see that, but that's basically sharks swimming at the bottom of an escalator. I don't know, there must have been a flood or something, but how in the world did that get there, right? Can you imagine that? Time to take the stairs or something. But that's out of place. That's kind of weird. Or this one, a dog. How did that big old dog get stuck on that tiny little windshield? I mean, how did that get there? That, that's totally, totally out of place. So this one, uh, I don't know if you've ever driven with Bobby, uh, but uh, it is kind of scary. But even if you tried, how do you end up like that? I mean, that is totally, how did that get there? Totally out of place, okay? Or this one, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know Rand's you know, butt heads and stuff, like. but how in the world did you end up, how did that get there? Or some people ask the question, same thing with this one. How in the world <laughs> did that get, <laughs> uh, get there? That, that's kind of weird. Now, before you think I'm getting a little too political here, okay, I've actually uh, heard that the proof's in the pudding. There is something strange going on with this administration. I'm not making this up. I'm going to share with you an actual photograph. This is not Photoshopped. Okay, but notice this is a photograph of an average American uh, strip mall, but notice the order in which the businesses are placed in. I don't think it's by chance. kind of strange. Also, might be kind of prophetic. Maybe this is symbolic of the last eight years. Let's take a look. But apparently, here's what it is. You see, if you start here at the left at the Obama headquarters campaign, (laughs) next you go to bankruptcy, and then you apparently get a divorce, and you're at the liquor store. Okay, but hey... Not Photoshop, none of that stuff, uh, but apparently it's that. Okay. I've been sitting on those for quite some time, wondering how in the world am I going to use those? Uh, but anyway, but, but, but anyway here's, here's my point, okay? Uh, it's not only strange, but I think one of the strangest things, in all seriousness, we need to deal with tonight, that we really do need to deal with, in all seriousness, with the current administration, is this question. Is Barack Hussein Obama, is he a Muslim? Or is he a Christian, as he supposes? And I say that because if you guys notice the news, even the, the pundits out there, he would say that he and his family are Christians when it's convenient. okay. But if you take a look at his words and his behavior over the past many years, I don't see much Christianity in it to me. And before you think I'm being too overly judgmental, believe it or not, Jesus actually gave us the method of how do you spot somebody who's a fake, who's a phony? You, he says, here's, here's what you got to do. you got to examine their fruit. You examine their fruit. But again, don't take my word for it. Let's listen to his. Open your Bibles to Matthew 7. Let's take a look here. Matthew 7. And uh, what do you do? How do you spot somebody who's trying to uh, pull a fast one on you? Okay? And specifically in the church, right? They're going to come in there. They're going to, you know, look the right way. They're going to speak the right talk in the Christianese and dress with slacks and stuff. And they've got to be a Christian, right? No, not necessarily. Here's what Jesus says to be on the lookout for. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 15 through 20, let's take a look at what Jesus says. How do you spot the phony? He says, well, first of all, watch out for who? False prophets, false, fake, phony, right? People that they are going to come in, it's going to happen. So deal with it. It's not make-believe. It's not a conspiracy theory. Unfortunately, it's going to happen. And here's what they do. They come to you looking like what? They come to you in sheep's clothing. They look like they should be there. They look like they're part of the group, part of the family, but they're not. Okay, but inwardly they're what? What's their motive? They're ferocious wolves. And here's the acid test. This is Jesus speaking. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The answer is no. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree can't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. That's why they're called good or bad, right? Every tree, though, that does not bear uh, good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. He says it a second time from Jesus, folks. Thus, by their fruit you will what? Mm -hmm. Recognize them. If you read the context, he goes into the passage, Lord, Lord, and all that stuff. He basically says, and those who are playing the fake role, unfortunately, even would say, Lord, Lord. Okay, but they're fake. Uh, They're not going to heaven. They're going to hell. Okay, that's what you get for your games. You shouldn't have done it. Okay, but we see Jesus telling us the manner in which, believe it or not, that we should... Make a judgment. As the scripture says, make a righteous judgment. But how do you make that righteous judgment? Do You examine the fruit. That's the methodology. That's how you can keep somebody from pulling the wool over your eyes. Uh, so to speak, is where that saying comes from. How do you spot if somebody's real? How do you spot they're fake? What's the methodology? What's the manner? Is there any hope? Are we just uh, forever doomed to fall prey to their traps? No, you examine their fruit. How do you know if they're a fake sheep, a wolf in sheep's clothing? How do you know if they're really motivated by ferocious things, their destruction, their bad tree, their phony, a thorn, a thistle? You examine their fruit. He says it not just once, he says it twice. You need to listen, look at what they do and look and listen what they say. you examine their fruit, right? I didn't say this Jesus did. Because people say, oh, you can't do that. You shouldn't. Excuse me, what Bible are you reading? And this is from Jesus. False prophets are going to come, fake phonies. But don't worry, church. If you look at their fruit, you can't be fooled. Right? I didn't say Jesus did, okay? And so we're going to do that tonight with Barack Obama. Because on the one hand, saying, hey, we're Christian. On the other hand, what in the world's going on? okay? Are we being duped? by a ferocious wolf, okay? Somebody, anybody, who's trying to pull the wool over us, okay? So we're going to take a look at eight pieces of fruit that I've put together. And the first fruit we're going to take a look at is his homeland, okay? His homeland, now if you do the statistics, folks, it's being reported that anywhere from 35 to 45% of the population of Kenya is Muslim, okay? And it just so happens that's where Barack Obama, uh, he considers his homeland. Now, you say, oh, really? Yeah, I, I didn't say it. He and others did, watch this.
1: The only people who don't want to disclose the truth are people with something to hide.
2: spoken out against the stigma surrounding HIV testing which is still plaguing so many of our communities uh, which you all know a lot of that is due to homophobia. Uh, Barack has led by example Uh, when we took our trip to Africa and visited his home country in Kenya and visited his home country in Kenya well, listen. We we want to congratulate
0: you on uh, on uh, Barack Obama, uh, is our new president, and uh, you must be very proud. We are, yes,
1: we really are. We also proud of the U.S. Uh, for having uh, uh, made history as well. Hey, one uh-huh. more one yeah. more
3: quick question. Um, Obama, our president-elect, Obama's birthplace over in Kenya is that going to be a national uh, spot to go visit where he was born?
1: It's um, already. Uh, an attraction Uh, his his, uh, paternal grandmother Mm -hmm. is still alive and uh uh, but
3: his his birthplace they'll be they'll put up a marker there
1: it will depend on the government it's already well known uh, yeah yeah. i've uh, spoken here last lots of ups lots of downs except for my approval ratings which have just gone down But that's politics. It doesn't bother me. Besides, I happen to know that my approval ratings are still very high in the country of my birth.
0: Ha oh, ha oh, ha. Oh. Cracking a joke. Is it really that funny? Okay. But I wonder where that's at. If you look at the evidence, I mean, as you admitted, and others, including your wife, and by the way, the radio interview was the ambassador to Kenya. It's not America. Okay, it's in Kenya, which just happens to be, if you do the statistics, 35 to 45% Muslim population. Do you think maybe that had an influence on his religious preference? Could be, could be, okay. In fact, it's even reported that there's a sign in Kenya admitting that that is, in fact, where he is born. Now, if you take a look at this sign, okay, if you go do the research, immediately Snopes will jump on the bandwagon and other sources and say, oh, no, 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 this is not true, that's not really there. But it just so happens tonight... Uh, talk about a divine appointment, happened to stop in my office yesterday. Uh, we have an actual eyewitness to that sign. Tim, come on up here, if you could just share real quickly uh, what you saw with your own eyes. And uh, Snopes got it wrong, shocker. So
1: uh, We were there, I was there with about uh, three or four other folks standing on tracks for the two weeks we were there. And we were, uh, we drove from uh, Nairobi, which is the capital, to Um which is about a four-hour drive, and just outside of Kasumo, we passed this sign. And I almost asked the fellow to stop and say, you know, I want to get my picture in front of it, but I thought, no, I've seen it on the internet, you know, there's no question about it. So we kept going, but now I wish I had, because Snopes says it doesn't exist, but we drove by it. And it it did say it. While I was in Kenya, uh, everyone I spoke to about the birthplace of our president, they said he was born
0: there, and they said he was a Muslim. Thank you, Ken. As you can tell, Ken is somebody, or uh, 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 somebody I personally look up to. So, but uh, as you can see, but but anyway, oh, you like that? Okay, let's go. But uh, but uh, Tim, we would thank you for sharing that. It's, it's nice to have that uh, eyewitness account there. Uh, but you might think, well, listen, okay, you put all that together, okay, so he comes from there. You got those reports, whatever. But maybe that's just guilt by association right you're gonna hang all that on that i mean maybe you know there's other religions in kenya too so maybe he 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 chose a, a different way okay all right well let's take a look at that let's take a look at the second fruit and that is his family his family okay uh just so happens that members of his own family not only also come from kenya but they're also overtly muslim and i'm talking big time muslims and one of them is his brother malik and it's now coming out that his brother Malik is not just a Muslim, but he's got huge ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. Okay, let's take a look at that. So, a explosive story in World Net Daily, Jerome Corsi coming out and saying that Barack Obama's uh, brother, Malik Obama, is linked to the Muslim Brotherhood. Not only linked, but he's actually running their whole entire like investment portfolio. According to the Vice President of the Supreme Court of the Supreme Constitutional Court of Egypt, a guy by the name of Tahani al-Jabali. He says, quote, to inform the American people that their president's brother, Obama, is one of the architects of the major investments of the Muslim Brotherhood, who has sympathies with the Muslim Brotherhood in office, who's literally meeting with Muslim Brotherhood operatives at the White House. At the White House? Why would you do that? I mean, are you doing your bro a favor or something? Or, Or do you... Agree with the Muslim Brotherhood and what they're doing? You know, as we saw in our study, massacring people, including Christians in the name of Allah. I mean, why in the world would you bring that to the White House of all places? Okay, but it gets worse. Let's continue the trail. Malik Obama attended a conference in the Sudanese capital, uh, Khartoum, and one of his objectives, objectives is to spread Wahhabist Islam across the whole African continent. This is his brother. Sudan's president, Omar al-Bashir, supervised the conference, and Bashir is wanted by the International Criminal Court on seven accounts related to crimes against humanity. The evidence places Malik Obama, this is a direct quote, in bed with terrorists working in a terrorist state as an official of an organization created by terrorists. Now, here's where the finger gets really sticky. The funds contributed in the U.S. to a 501c3 foundation run by Malik Obama have been diverted to support Malik uh, Obama, period, and all this stuff, including his multiple wives in Kenya. And guess whose names come up in this? You thought it was bad with the targeting against Christian evangelicals by the IRS? Louis Lerner. The director of the IRS tax-exempt... Thing you know under investigation with the congressional stuff again she signed the letter approving the tax-exempt status for the Malik Obama's quote Barack H Obama Foundation when Malik Obama and Sarah Obama who she she's the third wife of the paternal grandfather of Barack Obama when they raised money in the United States as the respective heads of the foundations claiming to be charities not only did the IRS illegally grant one of them tax-deductible status retroactively Okay, But the foundations have supported illegal operations that acquire funding for personal gain, philandering, polygamy, the promotion of Wahhabism, the brand of Islam practiced by Al-Qaeda. The Barack H. Obama Foundation also apparently received, listen, IRS approval one month after application. I've been through that process personally three times. No way does it ever happen that fast. I don't care how good you do your paperwork and what kind of legal help you have. One month. Then in October 2012, a separate foundation, they started another one. It's called the Mama Sarah Obama Foundation, created on behalf of Obama's step-grandmother in Kenya. So everybody's getting on the action. They've transferred funds, 90% of the funds which have been raised from U.S. individuals and corporations to send Kenyan students to the top three most radical Wahhabi schools in Saudi Arabia. I wonder if they know what they're donating to. And Malik is also accused of seducing a Sheila and Yano, the newest of his estimated 12 wives. This is his brother. When she was 17 years old, uh, her mother, Mary, who explained to a reporter that Malik Obama had secret trysts with the girl after spotting her attending prayers at the mosque that he built and the family's ancestral home. And remarkably, Obama's half-sister, Maya Sotoro, NG, however you pronounce that, even stated, and this is a direct quote, you can check this one out, quote, my whole family was Muslim, which would obviously include her half-brother, Barack, right? But you might think, well, there you go again. This is just guilt by association, right? We all know that family is a mixed blessing, right? Can might say amen? Right, so it's like you're glad you have one, but it's like receiving a life sentence for a crime you didn't commit. Have you noticed that? Okay, <laughs> especially from the Midwest. Or some guy, one guy says, family trees, some family trees have a tendency to bear an enormous crop of nuts. Okay, sometimes you get some weird relatives. I, I get that. I probably are one to several of my family. Okay, but so, so maybe that's what's going on here, right? It's just, maybe that's just his family. He just chose a different way. Well, let's keep looking at the fruit. The third fruit is his name, okay? Barack Hussein Obama. That's his full name. Not, not Earl Jones, not John Smith. Barack Hussein Obama, okay? And it's been stated that he actually doesn't like to mention his middle name uh, in public, In certain non-Muslim areas. Go figure because it's obviously Muslim. But uh, we are able to discover folks that uh, he sure doesn't have a problem whipping out that middle name when it's convenient to Muslim communities. Okay? He's gonna joke first at a New York non-Muslim community. I wish I could use my middle name but then he's gonna start whipping it out in Muslims. Watch this.
1: Ultimately though tonight's not about the disagreements Governor Romney and I may have. Uh, It's what we have in common, beginning with our unusual names. Actually, Mitt is his middle name. I wish I could use my middle name.
0: (laughs) It was a speech intended to reset the tone in a troubled relationship.
1: I've come here to Cairo to seek a new beginning between the United States and Muslims around the world and i'm also proud to carry with me the goodwill of the american people and a greeting of peace from muslim communities in my country assalamu alaikum as the holy quran tells us be conscious of god and speak always the truth I consider it part of my responsibility as President of the United States to fight against negative stereotypes of Islam wherever they appear. Now, much has been made of the fact that an an African-American with the name Barack Hussein Obama could be elected President.
2: It is good to be in Dearborn, it
1: is good to be back in the motorcycle. I see a lot of folks here who worked tirelessly on my 2008 campaign. Let's face it, you did not do it because you thought this was going to be a cakewalk. When you decide to support a candidate named Barack Hussein Obama, you know the odds are not necessarily in your favor.
0: And why wouldn't they be in your favor? Because, obviously, uh, your middle name, kind of, and your whole name actually sounds very Muslim to a non-Muslim country, i.e., America. Okay. By the way, the name Hussein is a reference to Hussein, S U A Y N, the original spelling of the grandson of Muhammad. Okay. Uh, so obviously, it's a Muslim name with Muslim connotations. Okay. Maybe that's why uh, quote it was considered a challenge. But it's interesting when you take a look at it. What he was doing was he was speaking to Muslims in Cairo, right? Then he was speaking to Muslim-dominated Dearborn, Michigan. Remember, we saw that the Muslims are overtaking those whole communities. Okay, But you say you can't use your middle name to non-Muslims in other areas. You whip it out when it's very convenient. Okay, And, and maybe that's why he's gone on record. He said about his trip to Kenya that uh, Michelle had mentioned about, it was over there. Quote: This is a direct quote. You can check it out. This is personal for me. There's a reason my name is, and he says it again, Barack Hussein Obama. I wonder what that reason is. But, hey, again, let's take a look at some more fruit. The, the fourth fruit is, is, is his morality. Right, let's take a look at his morality there. Now, we know as Christians, where do we derive our mor- morality from? Reader's Digest. Who said that? It ain't the Reader's Digest. No, it's from what? <laughs> it's from the Bible. Hello. Right? We're Christians, right? Uh, it, it's what uh, God says about life. We're Christians, followers of Christ. We do what Christ says. What, he determines what's right and wrong. Now, the problem is if you look at Obama's track record, it ain't very Christian at all. At all, okay? And yet somehow, you would say on the one hand, when it's convenient, you're a Christian. Now, let me just do some obvious ones. Number one, if you guys recall this, he not only purposely picked an openly gay bishop to offer the closing prayer at the annual White House Easter prayer breakfast. Remember that? Totally done deliberately, totally a slap in the face to Christianity. Okay, but he also officially proclaimed June, the month of June in our calendar, officially forever now, supposedly, as LGBT month, and has gone on record as being the first American president in history to openly support their support for gay marriage. Okay, is that something Jesus supports? Absolutely not. Okay, but you're supposed to be a follower of Christ, a christ But well, Let's take a look at that.
1: He used to think that for gay and lesbian couples, civil unions would suffice. But now President Obama has concluded that's not enough. In an ABC News interview, he became the At first president law, ever to support bad. gay marriage. For me personally, it is important for me to go ahead and affirm that uh, I think same-sex couples should be able to get married. You know, Americans may be uh, still evolving when it comes to marriage equality, but... Uh... <laughs> But as I've indicated personally, Michelle and I have made up our minds on this issue, uh, and we believe. Uh, the the so, so we still have a long way to go, uh, but we will get there. Uh, and as long as I have the privilege of being your president, I promise you, you won't just have a friend in the White House; you will have uh, a fellow advocate. Uh, For America, where no matter what you look like or where you come from or who you love, you can dream big dreams and dream as openly as you want. Thank you. God
0: bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God ain't going to bless that. Okay. He's fixing to judge it. As we dealt with our study of Christian response to the Supreme Court decision, the scripture is very clear. God calls that an abomination. Okay, uh, but here's my point. No Christian, no true Christian should support that, right? I mean, again, you're, what's the phrase? What's the term? What's our very name? Christ, we're a Christian. We're a follower of Christ. We do what Jesus says, okay? And Jesus don't support that. Got a problem with that. But speaking of an abomination, that's not all. We all know that life begins at conception. Life is in the womb, Right? The Bible's very clear about that. God knew us in our mother's womb even before we were born. He he knew us there. Okay, he's the author of life, right? Uh, In the Gospel of Luke, the, the baby John the Baptist slept in Elizabeth's womb when Mary showed up with Jesus in her womb. They were not blobs of tissue. They didn't have no life. Those were actual babies with an actual response, okay? The Bible supports life at conception. But believe it or not, Obama has the audacity to not only openly support Planned Parenthood, who systematically murders millions of children every single year, and now has come out they openly sell their body parts to the highest bidder. But he actually had the audacity to ask God to bless that too. Watch this. As
1: long as we've got to fight to make sure women have access to quality, affordable health care, and as long as we've got to fight to protect a woman's right to make her own choices about her own health, I want you to know that you've also got a president who's going to be right there with you, fighting every step of the way. Thank you, Planned Parenthood. God bless you.
0: God bless America. Thank you. was President Obama. God bless Planned Parenthood that single-handedly, systematically murders millions of children every single year and sells their body parts? Are you serious? God's going to judge Planned Parenthood, and he's going to do it harshly. But here's my point. How in the world can you call yourself a Christian, a follower of Christ, and and not just do that and not just support that? How could that even come out of your mouth? I mean, you couldn't even crack a joke about it. You'd think there'd be some restraint from the Holy Spirit that you should be indwelt with if you're really... A Christian what kind of morality is going on here the fifth brew okay is his attitude towards Christians you know our brothers and sisters in Christ right and again this I think it's pretty obvious. you think if you're a Christian you stood for what Christians believed in and Christian values and then surely you'd be a supporter of your fellow brother and sister in Christ right Common sense, the Bible talks about that. Bobby's doing a study on Tuesdays, right? Uh, You're supposed to love one another. You're supposed to take care of one another. You're supposed to serve one another and stick up for one another and protect one another because we're the family of God. That's what families do. That's what Christians do. That's not what you get at all with Obama. Believe it or not, his administration, folks, has now gone on record as the most anti, the most anti-administration in American history. Now, other Candidates, including Republicans, have also pulled wool over rise. We've talked about that before. So this is not a Republican Democrat debate. I'm just dealing with the fruit, like Jesus said. So there's been other candidates who've done the same goofball thing. But as far as stacking it up, this is now on record the most anti Christian administration in all of American history to date. Let's take a look at some of that behavior. How does he treat other, quote, supposed fellow Christians? Well, he spoke disrespectfully of Christians, saying that they, quote, cling to guns or religion. Well, what are you clinging to? Right? Uh, And have an antipathy towards people who aren't like them. On his first day in office, first day in office. He lists restrictions on the US government funding for groups that provide abortion services abroad, not just in the United States, forcing us taxpayers to fund pro abortion groups that either promote or perform abortions in other nations. Okay? Uh, then he gave $50 million to abortion industries that works closely with Chinese population control officials who use forced abortions and involuntary sterilizations. Why would you? What? Now you're forcing people to kill children. And you give money for that? He announced his plans to revoke the conscious protection for health workers who refuse to participate in medical activities that go against their beliefs, like abortion, and then implements it in 2011. When he's speaking at Georgetown University, he ordered that a monogram symbolizing Jesus' name be covered when he made his speech. I mean, you're supposed to be a Christian. Jesus, the blessed name of Jesus. We love Jesus. Why would you be? What? Here's the video. The University of
3: Notre Dame is not the only Catholic institution raising eyebrows when it comes to President Obama. Officials at Georgetown University covered a monogram symbolizing the name of Jesus because it was inscribed on the stage where the President spoke Tuesday. The monogram, IHS, which comes from the Greek for Jesus, was covered with a triangle of black painted plywood. Catholic League president Bill Donahue says, quote, the cowardice of Georgetown to stand fast on principle tells us more than we need to know. But the bigger story is the audacity of the Obama administration to ask a religious school to neuter itself before the president speaks there.
0: But you're a Christian and you love Jesus? That's what a Christian's supposed to be. That that just doesn't make sense. Then he declines to host services for the National Prayer Day at the White House, established by federal law, but he openly, glowingly hosts White House dinners repeatedly in honor of Ramadan, like this shows. Watch this.
1: Thank you. Well, it is my great pleasure to host all of you here uh, at the White House to mark this special occasion. Uh, Ramadan Kareem. On behalf of the American people, including Muslim communities in all 50 states, I want to extend best wishes to Muslims in America and around the world. Ramadan is the month in which Muslims believe the Quran was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad. I know this to be a festive time, a time when families gather and meals are shared. But I also know that Ramadan is a time of intense devotion and reflection, a time when Muslims fast during the day and perform Taraweeh prayers at night, reciting and listening to the entire Quran over the course of the month. Today, I want to wish Muslims across America and around the world a blessed month as you welcome the beginning of Ramadan.
0: That's a blessed month? Really? Okay, let's move on. The Christian leader then, Franklin Graham, was uh, barred from the Pentagon's National Day of Prayer because he, uh, there was complaints from the Muslim community because he speaks out against Islam. So you do the one, but then you tell the other guy, don't show up because he speaks out on it. Then Obama had the audacity to call Christians, you and I, remember we're supposed to be fellow brothers and sisters, unloving at the annual Easter prayer breakfast right what a mockery and then proceed to blame us for the crusades at the national prayer breakfast. What? Watch this. President Obama has done it again he's attacking Christians this time at the Easter prayer breakfast calling Christians quote less than loving end quote. This is not the first time he's insulted Christians. At the national prayer breakfast earlier this year President Obama demanded Christians get off their quote high horse about Christian persecution.
1: Unless we get on our high horse and think this is unique to some other place, remember that during the Crusades and the Inquisition, people committed terrible deeds in the name of Christ.
0: The president's remarks are absurd and offensive. Uh, Yeah, especially since we weren't the ones responsible for the Crusades. But of all times, to make that comment, it's during a Christian prayer event? You don't think that's done deliberately? But you're supposed to be a Christian. Okay, but let's keep going. Uh, he goes to right links to speak out on behalf of a, a building, an Islamic mosque at Ground Zero, while at the same time being silent about a Christian church being denied permission to uh, rebuild it at the same location. Uh, okay, uh, he started omitting the phrase, the creator, when quoting the Declaration of Independence, no less than seven different times. I mean, I can see getting it wrong a couple times, but seven different times at least? Watch this.
1: Robert, uh, Two questions.
2: Twice in recent weeks, the president has quoted from the Declaration of Independence and has omitted the Declaration's reference to
3: rights, quote, endowed by their creator. Uh, Why did he omit this part of the
1: Declaration? I I haven't seen the comments, Lester, but uh, I can assure you the president believes in the Declaration of Independence.
0: Sure thing, Wally. Sure thing. Let's go talk to Beeve next door. Are you kidding me? What? Uh, what if it was a different name there? Would, would you support it? What if it, it mm, very interesting. Then he misquotes the national motto, saying E Pluribus Unum, rather than in God we trust, as established by federal law. And then speaking of that, where well, there's a federal law passed to transfer a World War I memorial in the Mojave Desert to private ownership, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the cross in the memorial could continue to stand. Okay, go ahead and stand there. But Obama, it's like, of all things you gotta do, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna pick a fight on this one. He refused to allow the land to be transferred as required by law, and then he refused to allow the cross to be re erected as ordered by the Supreme Court. What's wrong with the cross? You got a problem? Something weird's going on. Then he studiously avoids any religious references in his Thanksgiving speech, unlike previous presidents who call upon the name of God. Then he argues that the First Amendment provides no protection for churches and synagogues. Notice, not mosques. Uh, in hiring their pastors and rabbis. Then he appoints this guy, Chai Feldblum, who asserts that society should, quote, not tolerate any private beliefs, including religious beliefs that go against homosexuality. Then he makes a huge apologies for Korans being burned by the U.S. military. But when Bibles were burned by uh, the military, numerous reasons were offered as to why, hey, that's the right thing to do. And then when the military, the guys, our soldiers were killed, they were murdered, he offered an apology to the murderers, watch this.
2: Looking at world news now and developing news: Two U.S. troops have been shot dead by an Afghan soldier in what seems to be angry backlash over the burning of Korans at a U.S. military base in Afghanistan. Four more American soldiers were wounded in the attack. And now a new development: The Afghan president's office says it has received a letter from President Obama formally apologizing for the burning of the Korans.
0: Uh, excuse me. Our, our soldiers were killed. I think there was four others that were wounded. You didn't say squat, but you apologized to the guys that killed them. Something's wrong there, folks. Uh, Bibles, speaking of which, for the American military have been printed in every conflict since the American Revolution, but now he revokes the longstanding U.S. policy of allowing military service emblems to be placed on military Bibles. Uh, then his administration officials puts forth documents stating, listen, evangelical Christianity, and guess who? Veterans are the real terrorists we need to be watching out for. Watch this. The Department of Homeland Security sent to
1: law enforcement agencies across the country warning about the potential for an increase in right-wing extremist activity. It warns about groups and individuals dedicated to single issues like abortion,
3: immigration and gun rights, and even raises a red flag about veterans returning
1: home from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Some people, understandably, when they caught word of this yesterday, have issues today. Jay Allen Sekulow, Chief Counsel of the American Center for Law and Justice. How are you doing, sir? Good morning to you. Hey, make Bill. Of this. Good to see you again. Well listen, this is outrageous. I've got the report in my hand. I've read it. I couldn't believe it when I came out. Bill, I wanted I had our office
3: verify that it was actually correct. When I read it, uh, there's one thing that's glaringly missing here. No discussion about the real terrorists, uh, the al-Qaeda cell groups and others that are located inside the United it's States.
0: All... No discussion about those guys. But then you say the other guys, Christians, veterans are the real bad guys we need to watch out for. I don't, so the question is to me, well, so, so who's your real brothers? As a Christian, we're supposed to love one another, your fellow Christian. But you call vets, you call Christians the real terrorists. What kind of Christianity is that? Okay. But it appears to me he's not only mocking God, mocking Christianity, mocking Christian values, okay, mocking America, mocking Christians, period, but uh, folks, that's not only not Christian, but at the same time, he's obviously favoring Islam and Muslims. How do you get around that? And yet somehow you're supposed to be a Christian. Now, what's wild is this recently came out. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe I got the video on this one. Michelle Obama recently spilled the beans on their so-called level of Christianity. Okay, and she tells, okay, where you can find them typically on any given Sunday. And it's not worshiping Jesus. Watch this.
1: So do you have any um, family Easter traditions?
2: You know since we've been in the White House, we definitely try to go to church every easter if mm-hmm. if we can. We try to go to church as much as possible, but you know when the kids get older, you know there oh, yeah. Sunday is some kind of practice rehearsal, birthday party, you know, so getting us all together on a Sunday is becoming more difficult now that the girls are getting older. But if we're not going to church, um we really try to use Sunday as family downtime where we can. Kind of breathe and catch up and maybe take a little nap every now and then if we're not working. So So if it's
1: not Easter and it's a typical Sunday, Mm
0: -hmm. I could picture you guys just around here lounging
1: and napping.
2: We could be lounging and napping.
0: Strong, mighty Christians. Excuse me, with all due respect. Okay, your typical, you said it, your typical Sunday is just lounging and napping. And as you admit, it has nothing to do with Jesus. Oh, oh, you might go to an Easter service once a year if it works with your calendar excuse me and yet your husband will find time in his busy schedule to go to not just a mosque but a mosque with terrorist ties he just did this watch this well on Wednesday President Obama is going to make his first visit during his presidency to
3: a suburban Baltimore mosque the trip raising some eyebrows considering that mosques
0: apparently has extremist ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. Wow well is right excuse me right, so so put all this together you can't go to a church service maybe once a year if you're lucky okay but you can find time to go to not just a muslim mosque but one that has ties once again with guess who the muslim brotherhood whom your brother has serious strong ties with anybody got a problem with that okay oh and don't forget as we saw before when christians were beheaded by muslim terrorists what did he say okay basically nothing. In fact, uh, it's on record, folks, it's getting so bad and so obvious, just about any time that our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ do get killed, he still says nothing. Here's another occurrence, watch this. Not just the beheading, here's another one.
3: Fox News analyst Kirsten Powers has some harsh words for President Obama and his attitude on Christians being persecuted.
0: Well, I wrote about something
2: that's been going on for a while. I've written a lot on it, but I feel like it's really reaching a critical tipping point, which is Christian persecution in the Middle East and Northern Africa. And it's something that President Obama
0: has really been largely silent on. And I sort of pegged it off of this press conference he had with the prime minister of Italy, where the prime minister was asked about 12 Christians who were thrown overboard for praying to Jesus. And the president said nothing. Uh, he expressed no outrage, even though the topic was raised and he could have easily addressed but- it. Well, I mean, because we all know that's what, you know, true Christians do, right? I mean, I mean, when your fellow brother or sister in Christ, when they're murdered while praying to Jesus, you say nothing, right? I mean, that's the Christian thing. No, it's not. And by the way, at the same time that you keep your mouth shut on that, repeatedly, multitudes of times, at the same time you support godless immorality, you mock God, you mock Jesus, you mock Christianity, you call your supposed brothers and sisters in Christ terrorists, and then you defend those who kill us anybody got a problem with that okay what kind of christian is that but that's not the sixth room trying to figure out what what is what is barack obama what what really is he well let's take a look let's flip it around then all right is there really favoritism going on what is his attitude towards muslims we just saw it towards us and it ain't very good In fact, it's horrid, okay? But believe it or not, not only is Obama anti-Christian in his behavior and words, we just saw that, but he openly supports Muslims to the point where he glowingly makes these kind of statements, and I quote, they're so wonderful for the world, they have made such a positive impact on all of us. Okay? And then he has the audacity to say that, nope, America will never, ever be at war with Islam. What? Let's take a look at that.
1: So let me say this as clearly as I can. The United States is not and will never be at war with Islam. America is not and never will be at war with Islam.
0: But what's precisely the point? I mean, what are you talking about? Even from a geopolitical worldview I mean these people as we saw it's all over the press they they try to blow us up they try to kill us they're out to get our country they're out to infiltrate our country and that's not a conspiracy theory that's all out there but you tell them don't worry we will never fight against you even from a political point of view we're supposed to defend ourselves and when it comes to defending ourselves and America I kind of like what Johnny Cash said let's take a look at this
2: of all the places we've ever been overseas, it don't matter where. You know, when we come back to this country, we love it a whole lot more than when we left and went somewhere else. I thank God for all the I thank God for all the freedoms we've got in this country. I cherish them and cherish them. Uh, even the rights to burn the flag, you know, I'm proud of those rights. But I tell you what. We've also got, let me tell you something, we've also got a right to bear arms, and if you burn my flag, I'll shoot you.
0: Now, hey, you can't, don't say that I'm promoting violence, okay, right, but don't mess with the U.S., okay. Uh, even just a political response. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what our leaders are supposed to do. When somebody's trying to come, that's what, we, that's what they're in office for, to they're they're protect us. It's common sense, okay? okay? But we need to defend ourselves. We need to speak up, but you tell our, by their own doing, enemies, we're not going to defend ourselves. We will, we'll never go at war against. I've got a problem with that.
2: And not only does
0: he openly refuse to do this, to protect us, our nation, from this threat, Okay, but he openly shows greater respect to other countries, including Muslim countries and their leaders, to where he will actually bow before them. Watch this.
3: Tonight, President Obama's soft approach to the Muslim world will that help America? You may remember back in 2005, President Bush kissed Crown Prince Abdullah of Saudi Arabia and then held his hand. I thought it was Paul and Paul, remember them? Uh, while greeting him in Crawford, Texas. While President Obama didn't kiss the guy, he did seem to bow. Look at that. But the White House says, no, 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 no. He wasn't bowing. He was just double handshaking to a smaller guy.
0: (laughs) And if you believe that, that's right. I got a chicken ranch I'm going to sell you. And you know that ain't true. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, uh, maybe all this paying homage to Islam and its leaders like you just saw. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I don't buy that excuse. Uh, Maybe it's also why he got it wrong on the number of states in the United States. This was really weird. Watch this one.
1: It is just wonderful to be back in Oregon. And over the last 15 months, we've traveled uh, to every corner of the United States. Uh, I've now been in 57 states.
0: 57. right. Now, hey, that might just be a slip of the tongue. Remember Bush used to do all that same stuff, People make fun of him? rightly anyway, so he'd say some slip-ups and stuff, right? Presidents do that, okay, but 57 states, okay? You're not only seven up, but, but why 57? Is it because he likes ketchup, Heinz 57 or something? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't 14, it wasn't, you know, 112. I mean, he, he, of all things that come out of his mouth was 57. He didn't just get it wrong. Why 57? This was weird. Maybe that's a number that's been ingrained in you. Listen to this, and I quote, uh, that happens to be the exact number of member states in the Organization of the Islamic Conference, or the OIC. There's 57 states. And I quote, they are an international organization of 57 states which have decided to pool their resources together, combine their efforts, and speak with one voice to safeguard the interests and secure the progress and the well-being of all Muslims in the world, end quote. You know that number. But you don't know the amount of states in the country that you serve as president. in. That's weird. Oh, and by the way, who could forget that constant use of ISIL instead of ISIS? Remember that one? Why in the world do you keep saying ISIL instead of ISIS when referring to the Muslim terrorists? What's that all about? Here's what it is. One guy says this. Okay, You probably heard much about the acronyms ISIS, ISIL, ISIL, ISIS, all that, over the last several months in the media as politicians and others, including the president, attempt to find out the best term... (laughs) to describe the terrorist group that have declared a caliphate spanning from Syria to Iraq. IS simply stands for Islamic State, Okay, while ISIS okay, stands for the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. ISIL, though, is the acronym for Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, L-E-V-A-N-T. Obama used the term five times on June 13 alone, 16 times in a commencement speech at West Point, Uh, And here's why. He was, quote, using his bully pulpit to make a point. The difference is that the Levant, ISIL, okay, describes a different territory. And it's a territory that's greater than ISIS. ISIS, Iraq, and Syria. It is defined, ISIL is defined as the territory of the island of Cyprus, Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, Palestine, part of southern Turkey, and Israel. Here's a little kind of rough sketch of what is Levant, ISIL, okay? And so what it means is these people, ISIL, have designs to go from Iran through Egypt with guess who's stuck in the middle, which their plans is they're not gonna be there, Israel. So the president using ISIL is sending a clear message to these people. I know who you are, and I know what lands you're planning to take. But people who aren't familiar with it have no idea, okay? He's trying to downplay that they're putting together a caliphate from Egypt to Iran. That includes getting rid of Israel. As one guy said this, maybe we should have a real frank conversation. What's really going on? Yes, and bring Frank with you because we need all the help we can get there. Are you kidding me? This is crazy, okay? Uh, but that's us know. What about his attitude? Okay, that's towards Muslims. And there's a lot of favoritism going on. But, but, but what about the Bible, right? How many guys love the Bible, right? Please all raise your hands, thank you. I feel better as a preacher, okay. But, but of course, it's simple. You don't have to be forced to love the Bible. I mean, it's, it's the Bible, it's the source of truth uh, for all things, right, as Christians, right? It's where we determine right and wrong. It's where we learn how we get to heaven. It records the words of Jesus, whom we love. It's awesome, it's the best book on the planet. Now, question, would any of you say this about the Quran? Let's take a look.
1: As the Holy Quran tells us, The Holy Quran teaches that the Holy Quran tells us and the Holy Quran also says.
0: Excuse me? Who cares what the Quran says with all due respect if you're a Christian? I mean, let alone call it holy a bunch of times and it's repeatedly, folks. That's just in one speech and that's not all of them. I mean, I mean, that book, as we saw in our study, that, that book supports jihad, killing, murdering people, raping, polygamy, you name it. And, 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 and how could you say, holy? And not only that, at the same time you're doing that to that book, you have the audacity to do this to the holy Bible. Watch this.
1: Whatever we once were, we are no longer a Christian nation. At least not just, we are also a Jewish nation, and a Muslim nation, and a Buddhist nation, and a Hindu nation, and a nation of non-believers. And even if we did have only Christians in our midst, if we expelled every non-Christian from the United States of America, whose Christianity would we teach in the schools? Would it be James Dobson's or Al Sharps'? Which passages of scripture should guide our public policy? Should we go with uh, Leviticus, which uh, suggests slavery is okay and that eating shellfish is an abomination? Or we could go uh, with uh, Deuteronomy, which suggests stoning your child if he strays from the faith? Or should we just stick to the Sermon on the Mount, a passage that is so radical that is doubtful that our own defense department would survive its application. We...
0: That is not just offensive. That's blasphemous. How could you do that? H- how could you do that? You're supposed to be a Christian, but how could you do that about the holy Christian Bible and yet at the same time you call the Quran the murderous book, holy, and reverence that. One more to go. The eighth root is we're going to take a look at his attitude towards prayer. Now, we've already seen, unfortunately, he's already mocked Christians, specific Christian events like the National Prayer Day of Prayer, the annual Easter prayer celebration by uh, not only promoting Islam and favoring Muslims during those events, slapping us in the face, Christianity, blaming us for the Crusades, which was not our fault, but he's even admitted, believe it or not, an interesting tidbit about his own Supposed prayer life. Let's see how many times a day he says he prays. Let's take a look.
1: Uh, Being president is never easy. I still have to fix a broken immigration system, issue veto threats, negotiate with Iran, all while finding time to pray five times a day.
0: Okay, hold on a second now. Now, not 14, not three, not one, not when I get around to it. But you specifically said five times a day. Why? What do we learn or study? What's the second pillar of Islam? The pray. The praying five times a day. Now, even if you were joking, trying to make a wise crack, would you make a wise crack like that as a Christian? Would you even compare yourself to that? Okay, and, and unless you think that he's really not adept and familiar with Muslim prayers, you need to think again. Apparently, he's really good at them. As this guy shows, let's take a look.
3: In a New York Times interview in 2007, entitled Obama, a Man of the World, Obama fondly recalled the Islamic evening call to prayer as, quote, one of the prettiest sounds on earth at sunset, unquote. According to the article, Obama went on to recite its opening lines with a perfect Arabic accent Allah is supreme, Allah is supreme, Allah is supreme. Allah is supreme. I witness that there is no God but Allah. I witness that there is no God but Allah. I witness that Muhammad is his prophet. The writer of the article said, this would give people living in Alabama a heart attack. Christians believe that Jesus Christ is God's true prophet, the full and final revelation of God. No true Christian can say the Muslim call to prayer is a pretty sound. Because it is a direct challenge to the truthfulness of Jesus Christ as the Word of God. Excuse me?
0: Okay. Starting to stack up a little bit there, maybe? A little bit? Fruit. We'll close with what one guy says. And he's using sarcasm, by the way. He says, so what? Right? So so what if Obama had a Muslim father, a Muslim stepfather, has a Muslim name, went to a Muslim school in Indonesia as a child, uh, often attended a Muslim mosque with his stepfather in Indonesia... Uh, and his Harvard tuition was paid by a Muslim and went out of his way to find Muslim roommates during college and repeatedly funds the Muslim Brotherhood and invites them to the White House and even tells NASA to make their, uh, quote, reaching out to the Muslim world one of the space agency's top uh, priorities. And then went to the Middle East and told Muslim leaders that America is not a Christian nation anymore. And as you saw, told the New York Magazine that the Muslim called a prayer. Could you ever even repeat that out of your mouth? He said that it was the most prettiest sound on earth, not to mention the fact that he has even been listed as a Muslim on a registration form at the Catholic school in Hawaii. No, 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 he says. There's no possible way that Barack Hussein Obama is a Muslim. If you're not, you're trying awfully hard to be one. And I will say this, you're not a Christian. There's no way, as Jesus said, examine their fruit You could do all that and be a lover of Jesus and your supposed fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to pray for Obama and his family that they would become truly born again and know the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven and that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness We're not holy, we're not perfect like Him. Uh, Let's take a a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, The Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. in vain. Hey folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy, okay? And folks, let's be honest, we've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery, And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead, you pull the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the ten commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God. And you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, Thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.